If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Hello, film fans. Uh, Edith here, bringing you another episode of my weekly podcast, Soundtracking. Um, Thank you very much if you're a first-time listener. Um, What we try and do is celebrate the world of film and music and the incredible synergy that the two have, this really unique and brilliant relationship. Also in the past week, we've seen the start of nominations happening for various things um, on both sides of the Atlantic. We've had the Golden Globe nominations and the SAG nominations. Uh, This side of the pond, BAFTA have nominated their long list of films, which is great. Um, And there's been some wonderful steps in representation, mainly for the Golden Globes with the female directors that have been nominated, which is great to see. But one glaring omission for me personally is Michaela Cole, who not only wrote, directed, but also starred in one of the most impressive, important and phenomenal TV series of the past 12 months, I May Destroy You. So I was really disappointed to not see her get any recognition from the nominations of the Golden Globes. But then, you know, on the flip side of that, it's wonderful to see female directors finally get the recognition and, you know, stand shoulder to shoulder with their male contemporaries. So, you know, good news, bad news. Uh, I am as well really trying to get her on the podcast because she is definitely top of my list in terms of someone I would love to talk to about her fantastic work. But on to this week's uh, guests and our latest guests on Soundtrack and are a husband and wife duo responsible for some of the most memorable songs to feature on our screens in recent times. This is very exciting and I apologise for any singing that may occur from me in the next little while. Bobby Lopez and Kristen Anderson Lopez are the couple who wrote the tunes in Frozen, Coco, winning Oscars for Let It Go and Remember Me respectively massive and brilliant songs. Now they've contributed theme tunes to episodes of WandaVision, which is streaming now on Disney+. Plus. Now set in the Marvel comic universe, WandaVision takes place after the events in Avengers Endgame and sees Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany reprise their roles from the film series. If you haven't started watching this yet, I am up to episode four, I think it is. Oh my God, it's great. The twists and turns. The unveiling, it's so great. I highly recommend it. And it's really interesting because it's been sold as one thing in terms of the promotion. You know, the idea that at Wanda and Vision are this couple in this TV uh, sitcom. Oh, that is, that is not even close. Not even close. Uh, but back to Bobby and Kristen. And inspired by the American sitcoms of their youth, it's with one of these themes that we'll begin newlywed couple. Who's part machine? How will this duo 
Kristen and Bobby, how are you both? It's such an honor to meet you both. Oh, thank you. It's an honor to meet you. I love your look. In a lockdown, you made an effort. I'm just trying to find any opportunity to make an effort, you know, in terms of, so I thought I'd get into chat to you two today, so I have to make an effort. Um, listen, I'm such a fan of your work. Uh, and I think, you know, I, I, I have to make a confession. I just kind of interrupted my, my 12-year-old's French lesson by belting out into the unknown way louder than I need to. Um, but that's kind of something I've been doing since I first saw Frozen 2. Anyway, we'll talk about that in a second. But um, let's talk about WandaVision because I've watched the first three episodes, which is all we've been kind of given access to yet. And this, this thing is phenomenal. I kind of don't know how to describe it, to be honest, because it's so many, it's so many things. When the project was presented to you, how was it sold to you? Well, my friend Matt uh, is the director and he approached me, I guess it was a year and a half ago with a very broad outline of a pitch, which was just Wanda and Vision. Do you know those, those superheroes? And I said, <laughs> I think vaguely. And he's like, well, you know what happened at the end of Avengers, right? Well, okay. So then we see them in, in um, a 50s suburban paradise and you write a theme song to introduce the sitcom. and. All of a sudden, it just just that uh, scenario was so confusing and interesting and uh, evocative of so many, uh, you know, so much possibility, uh, and just the idea of getting to write all those sitcom the theme songs was like yeah, uh, just a dream. You know, it was so much fun, so much. Uh, there's so much like sort of menace to the tone of it that you know was it was unlike anything we'd ever been pitched before. And I grew up loving theme songs, loving sitcoms, and loving the music of the sitcoms. Mm. And, um, you know, we've said this before, but in when you grew up in the 80s, if you were sick, um, you got to sit in front of the TV <laughs> all day, and you got to start watching I Love Lucy in the morning and go through the decades. You know, my three sons, and I, I'm going to name all kinds of sitcoms that maybe don't mean anything to people in the UK. So, um, but... Mindy? Oh, Mork and Mindy. Mork and Mindy, yes. They never um, re-ran that one, though. I watched that when I was little, when it first came out, but then I wished that it would always come on, and it never did. <laughs> I'm kind of wearing my, my, my overalls in tribute to... Yes, to yes. That theme song went... Do, 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 do. And, you know, that is where I... When, you know, like in Gremlins where um, Gizmo sings his little tune. Oh, yeah. I think it's the oh. same tune. Oh, wow.
the music of that, of, of all of those sitcoms just live in, in my body. So when we got this assignment, I feel like we wrote everything in about three weeks because I would wake up in the morning go, going like, I know what today is. I, know, I have it all written. I wrote it on a towel. Uh, I mean, I wrote it in a towel while wearing a towel because I thought of it before. <laughs> Did you? And I guess because, I mean, Elizabeth and Paul are fantastic in these roles and in terms of the complexities of what they're bringing to this, you know, it's it's comedy, but there's drama. And then it's so heightened because of the kind of sitcom element to it. But I just think that it's it's beautifully pitched in terms of their performance. And I wondered whether that was something, you know, in terms of when you were writing, had had stuff been shot? So were you privy to to the kind of tone of their performances? And did that come into how you and what you wrote? We Not weren't. at first. No, we, we they hadn't started shooting when we when we started working, um, but they shortly did. And so we as we were working, sometimes we would get some footage back and be able to write to it. And of course, we knew between Marvel and Matt and Jack um, that we had uh, collaborators who had their eye on every ball, every mm-hmm. detail. Um, we never worried about about it feeling shoddy or, you know, flimsy for one second. Though it is a okay. very big swing. And I have to say, when I watch the performances, I, I go, what an act of faith Paul and and Lizzie were, were doing because it mm. could it could really go wrong and they get it just pitch perfect right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. of the score side of it you know have we have these three, almost like three musical elements to this you have the kind of the needle drop so to speak you know the daydream believer or the variations of those tracks yakety yak things like that and then you have Christoph's score and then you have you know your original compositions as well and they've all got to connect haven't they they've all got to seem uh I don't know one yeah the, one of the interesting things is that Bobby went to school with Matt Jackman and also was in the same acapella group as Christoph Beck yeah, um, at Yale as well. At Yale, so wow. there was already a, the shared shared references with all of the things that they, you know, all, the time period that they all grew up in, and the shared musical references. Um, and Bobby actually sang a medley of a, a TV medley that was created by Christoph Beck. His group did an amazing theme song medley. Yeah, it went from. There was one wonderful moment in it where it went from the Brady Bunch into Batman and and Brady Bunch continued so that it made some some body puns. It was like Batman who was busy with three boys of his own. <laughs> it was amazing. And that's the reason I joined that group, because it was so great and funny and Gen X and postmodern. 
So I knew, I mean, and we had worked with Chris on Frozen as well. So, you know, we knew that he was loving in his, in the way that he would adapt our themes into his work. Uh, And he did a wonderful job. um, As always. As always. And he's still working on it. I think, you know, we're, we have this wonderful partnership that's going through our career that I hope continues. I hope you don't mind if I do talk very briefly about, you know, Frozen and Frozen 2, because those were just spectacular songs. And I remember taking my seven-year-old along to see Frozen 2 at the cinema and the two of us, you know, high-kicking our way out to, you know, we immediately felt like Into the Unknown was under our skin and it was there already and it was our voice, you know, it was kind of, let's go and do it! I can hear you, but I won't. Some look for trouble, while others don't. There's a thousand reasons I should go about my day and ignore your whispers, which I wish would go away. Oh, oh. You're not a voice. Just a ringing in my ear And if I heard you Which I don't And spoken for I fear Everyone I've ever loved Is here within these walls I'm sorry secret siren But I'm blocking out your calls I've had my adventure I don't need something new I am afraid of what I'm risking If I follow you Into the I mean, it's that's the thing about the music that, particularly for those two films, and also remember me and Coco. You know, we were very lucky to speak to Lee Unkridge on the podcast, and you know, your ears must have been burning that day, just in terms of him talking about that song and and how that was just so perfect for the film. Remember me, though I have to say goodbye. Remember me. Don't let it make you cry For even if I'm far away I hold you in my heart I sing a secret song to you Each night we are apart Remember me Though I have to travel far Remember me Each time you hear a sad guitar Know that I'm with you the only way that I can be Until you're in my arms again 
you do you have this ability to to immediately just connect on a on a you know that thing where music makes you cry in a kind of in a happy way you know it just levitates you and it takes you off and you just have that ability with those songs from those films and how do you do it (laughs) (laughs) thank you you for saying that i think one of the things that's very important to us is in everything we write that we put ourselves into it Hmm. so when we wrote frozen we had two little girls and we were putting our experience watching these sisters who loved each other so much but that because of age and and because of sisters would sometimes slam the door on each other and and so we were putting we were putting a lot of that emotion into frozen as well as my own emotion as like a woman trying to find her voice and her power you mm-hmm. know that that has spoon fed us the um someday your prince will come story so it was really fun to to rewrite what true love could mean. And, and we we threw that in. Now with WandaVision, we have teens and tweens who yeah. love Marvel. And we also really understand the feeling of to a married couple who turn to each other and their love to kind of it's us versus the world, you know, that that we have this this private world in our family where we can kind of keep the chaos at bay outside, but we know that chaos is knocking at the door in the form of pandemics or (laughs) climate change or governments. Um. (laughs) I think that's half of it. It's really like choosing collaborators and choosing pieces to work on that really mean something to you and have a role to play in the world, or at least our sense that maybe it's something that's needed. And also never really catching yourself writing something you don't want to write. Even within those projects, if someone says, what about this song? And you feel your heart sort of be dead inside and dread the idea of writing that song because it would just be a chore. Just don't. Yeah. Can't. Got to find, got to wait till you have that. Show her the sign behind. Oh. I don't know if you can you see, see, but it, it says, do not bang head on wall. That's another, <laughs> that's another one where if we start to work on a song and it's just not working and we're starting to turn on each other, this is a do not bang head on wall situation where we'll go for a walk. We'll say like, it's time for lunch um, and come back to it 45 minutes later saying, okay, let's refresh our perspective on this. Yeah, there's a pleasure principle at work within our work, if we're we're not feeling turned on by an idea, then it's probably not going to come to anything. And let's, let's keep looking, Mm -hmm. let's let's stay in the fun zone. Whereas, I think maybe towards the beginning of our career, certainly in my head, there was a bang head on wall work ethic. (laughs) (laughs) Which is why I need to sign. We've only seen um, three episodes of WandaVision and, and I'm not totally sure how many episodes there are but in terms of your contribution do we have more to come which I'm very much hoping you're allowed to say yes to that okay yes oh! there'll be more but we don't want to give away any details the of, end yeah which which or where or where one thing about the about Marvel is I think they are some of the most out of the box storytellers right yeah. now in our global culture. And the storytelling is so good that we would hate for any spoilers. Yeah, totally. The one thing you could probably guess uh, is that our favorite 
of the songs to come is the 80s. <laughs> and um, just the same way we had a wonderful 80s moment in Frozen 2, mm -hmm. we were able to luxuriate in um, in our 80s-ness. <laughs> in the soundtrack of our childhood. Yes. I did want to touch on very quickly the brilliance of Lost in the Woods. I did a, I did an event actually um, in London and Jonathan was there and he talked quite a lot about about how much fun you know he has he had with that those characters you know he's obviously kind of doing you know kind of as it's going along as well uh, and um it's just the capturing the right tone you know capturing the right sort of you know we talk about one division being so pitch perfect in terms of that performance but when you're writing a song getting that that tone right you know in terms of it being the right amount of comedy the right amount of narrative drive you know on the right amount of character revelation whatever that kind of thing and it's it's just it's incredible how how you're able to do that and that tie in also with the actor's performance as well you know and them being able to have a there's still been space within the song for them being able to to add their own personality into that as well well with lost in the woods Christoph couldn't even really sing in the whole first movie he was such a sort of closed off masculine mountain man who was mm. so not in touch with his own feelings. Anna unlocked that in him. Um, but in Frozen 2, we knew Anna had unlocked enough feeling that he was going to be able to sing. And then, then we were thinking about how wonderful it is when, when you see that extremely masculine man who just feel so, so deeply. And what would that music be? That, that is the music of the 80s. Those yeah. like those Bon Jovi ballads, the the, the oh yeah, power pose. Yeah, where a man gets to feel his feelings. <laughs> Again, you're gone. Off on a different path than mine. I'm left behind, wondering if I should follow. You had to go. And of course it's always fine I probably could catch up with you tomorrow But is this what it feels like to be growing apart? When did I become the one who's always chasing your heart? Now I turn around and find And um, similarly, in one division, what you know, the, the the unabashed sentimentality of the love of a family, you know, that's that's mm -hmm. what we're all about uh, in terms of sitcoms. And that's yeah. what, not to spoil anything, but but it's uh, we got to tap into that a little bit too. Yes. And um, before we run out of time, I I just wanted to um uh you know the the Avenue Q and and you know Book of Mormon that kind of part of your 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 history of of fantastic projects and creativity and it was really interesting I was introducing my seven-year-old to Sesame Street the other day we don't have anything like that on TV anymore that that uses music in such a brilliant storytelling way and I, I was kind of watching it you know and I grew up adoring the Muppets and 
you know, we've watched that Muppet movie with um, with Amy Adams, I would say about nine million times. And I just think that there's something incredible with that type of storytelling that is so important for kids, I think. Would you agree? Absolutely. And and um, writing for the Muppets is a is the great white whale of my career. I began <laughs> making a movie called Kermit, Prince of Denmark that never got made. So brilliant. Um, it's so good. I loved it. And and then but it couldn't make it happen. And we just had a project with Josh Gad and the Muppets that also didn't find its way. And yet. Yet. Third time will be the children. <laughs> Listen, it's such a, a pleasure and a real honour to get to to chat to you. And um, my kids were kind of like, "Can you ask them how they can how they do it?" So I'm glad I've been able to ask you how you were able to create these songs that we absolutely love and well, sing our hearts out around the song. Well, again, <laughs> I say to your kids what I say to my kids, which is that putting something out there involves getting that inner jerk in your brain to shut up, right? It's- <laughs> It, it's I don't use the jerk word. I use the I use a, a stronger language. <laughs> uh, but just saying like, okay, I hear you. Get out of my way so that I can create something without stopping myself. That's a really, really hard thing to do. But you're a writer when you write. And mm-hmm. and you've got to write every day. Write as much as you possibly can. Six days a week. <laughs> Six days. <laughs> I like that. Listen, thank you so much for your time, Kristen and Bobby. It's a real honour to meet you and and thank you for all the joy you've brought us as well. And I look forward to getting to chat to you again in the future. And I look forward to this 80s themed episode of WandaVision as well to see your brilliance. Thank you so much, guys. Take care. Stay safe. From the soundtrack to WandaVision, that's We've Got Something Cooking by Kristen Anderson-Lopez and Bobby Lopez, rounding off this latest episode of Soundtracking with the songwriters extraordinaire. My huge thanks to Kristen and Bobby for taking the time to talk to us. WandaVision is available on Disney Plus now with new episodes streaming every Friday. And I think you, you might have got from my earlier rant about it that I'm thoroughly enjoying it. We'll put up our Spotify playlist link for the show via edithbowman.com, which is also where you'll be able to listen to every single episode of the podcast, including my chat with co-co-director Lee Unquich. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We are at Soundtracking UK. And please do, as I said, spread the word via your social channels as and when we post. We also have a little YouTube channel where you can find a regular show I put together to accompany the podcast. 
In fact, I'm just in the finishing touches of putting together about half a dozen episodes, so those will be up in the very near future. Join me next week for another episode as I deep dive into the world of film and music. I very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then. have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.